You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for, because this is for the last. This is Reformed Raza. My name is Martin Velasquez, aka Mr. Firme, alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And what up, everybody? This is Brother Vic. And you are now in the mix. Don't forget to hit up reformedraza.com. You can send us an email. You can send us a voicemail right there. You can get your official Reformed Raza merch right there. Uh, brought to you by Wrath and Grace. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a five-star review. Go ahead and leave a comment. We would greatly appreciate it if you did. And go ahead and hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram. You can follow us up right there at Reform Rasa. You can hit the tab on our website now that i've updated the website finally but it's now you can hit the tab you could go to redeem project radio from our website or you could just go to redeemprojectradio.com 24 7 online chh radio station not just your typical chh we got all kinds we got reformed hip-hop we got that mainstream we got that underground all kinds of stuff you can hit up uh redeemprojectradio.com for them we got podcasts on there on sunday we highlight urban pastors who are doing it in the hoods who are not out there on your common you know youtube channel but they're in there preaching the gospel and where it is most needed so on sundays go ahead and catch sermons from urban pastors simon <laughs> I love that button, dude. I love that button. And today I'm excited because we got some special guests on. We did we done uh, interviews with them separately, but we got them here today, both together. I'm talking about the frustrated Christian himself and the Wolverine himself. We got Kirk Kennedy and Strack. What's up, brothers? Yeah. What up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a two, what a two, what a two. It's a blessing to have you guys on again, and today we're going to chop it up about some things. But before we mm. get into it, these two brothers just dropped some dope projects, and we want to know, in case you haven't heard, uh, what y'all dropped. So we'll start with Strack first, and then go along with Kurt. Tell us about your guys' new projects. I just dropped The Beat Goes On, yeah. 16 tracks. <laughs> Yes, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was ex- an experimental project for me, um, selecting some beats that, w- that would push me and, you know, doing some different things. Not not the usual, typical boom bap that I'm used to, my comfort zone. Um, and then, you know, some storytelling, some in-depth, uh, real life, real rap, you know, stories. And yeah, man, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the project. I'm, I'm loving the feedback. Um, go get that joint, man. It's, it's me on the platter you know what I'm saying like you get a taste of, of what I bring to the table on from a hip hop perspective I think one of the things I enjoy from your album is uh, I can't recall uh, any song where where cause you on about two tracks you talk about from the perspective of a non-believer coming in yeah. and, and, and hearing the word of God and that struggle right there um, I can't recall any other artist that has done that yet 
maybe there has i just can't remember at the moment but i i i loved how you did that but then also too how you also played uh, little portions from different songs into it i thought that was pretty yeah dope. Uh, yeah evangel is one that definitely did it back in the day um other cats have done some similar things i think where it's different is just doing three specific yeah. songs that were based on the same storyline and you see the progression of the individual in one day mm-hmm. so the first song is good morning then it's good afternoon then it's good evening so the whole story takes place in one day and how this person his life was switched and flipped upside down by the gospel message so that's probably what would what would be different from what others have done yeah yeah and for our listeners in case they haven't heard what what is it called the songs or the the album album. that one what's the album called the album is The Beat Goes On D-A Beat Goes On The Beat Goes On and what's the concept behind that so basically um, we face different things in life and regardless what we face uh, especially for those that are in Christ the beat continues you know um, most of us are impacted by music in various ways especially when it comes to you know things that that involve like pivotal moments in our lives we always have like a soundtrack to our own lives That's um, right. and the beat continues you know we'll, we'll, the beat will continue to play uh, like I said especially for those that are in Christ into eternity because uh, ultimately the illest producer is Christ so Mm-mm-mm. that's dope that's a dope concept right there I think uh, one of one of my favorite joints on there is the resistance is futile yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Gio man that, that was that was dope right there that's I, I just yeah, like Gio just I just like Latino he just gave me four sound, features bro. today yeah nice and yeah I'm, yeah he's he's working on some stuff right now too that's a, that's a banger man I love that beat it's, again it's a very different beat for me um, but I knew, you know, I, as soon as I heard it, I wanted to throw a, a Hispanic twist to it. And you got that Hector La Voz Salsa song yeah. back in the day, Todo Poderoso. Yeah. So a lot of it was influenced by that, you know. So, yeah, man, it, I had to throw that Hispanic that Hispanic flavor to it. My father's a conguero, so All right. had to add that in there. That's it's actually him playing the playing the congas in between the tracks. Oh, that's nice. him doing yeah. Oh, yep. right, that's dope. That's dope. And that song can relate to any Latino that listens to it, regardless of where you're from. Because all of us, we all grew up in Latino Pentecostal churches, and that sound is that right when you hear that hook, Todo Poderoso es Rey del. I can't sing, but that, that, that's a classic, <laughs> classic old school Latino hymn. You know what I mean? And, and you get hyped to it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was dope, man. It was dope. So go get it. Where can our listeners find find it? You can get it everywhere, man. iTunes, Amazon, um, you know, everywhere you get music, you can stream it. But I'd rather you purchase it, obviously. Bandcamp is is where the artists get the most backing, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, most bank for the buck. Um, but you can get it anywhere, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And go ahead and purchase it. It is worth the money. Come on, man. Come on, you Thank can you, 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 you can skip that Mickey D's for one day and go get that <laughs> get that album. Come on, go go Man, home. Man. I don't know how much you spend at Mickey D's. You get, you get a combo, bro. You go Actually, large, no, they, you know they raise their prices too. Yeah, hey, <laughs> go home and eat some tortillas con frijoles and some queso on there. Ooh, that's a joint right there. And get that track. <laughs> Why you listen to it? Yeah, word up. The beat goes on. <laughs> I'm not a singer either. <laughs> Let's not try it no more. Let's not try it no more, bro. All right. OG, Kurt Kennedy, tell us about your project, man. 
Yeah, before I do, man, let me just say, look, I feel like I'm ganged up over here, man. I can't be talking Spanish and, uh, and all that, man. This is, you know, I'm feeling left out over here, man. I have four dudes. Hey, it should, natural, bro. It should come natural, already, bro. Come on. Man, I, could, I speak Spanglish, man. My wife is Latina, so I got a little bit of that. But yeah, so I just dropped the album on December 18th called Reporting Live. It is a 17-song project that essentially is me taking the year 2020 on some level and putting it to music. So mm-hmm. just looking at the different themes of the year from, you know, uh, you know, some stuff about race and racism within the, within the church, um, you know, stuff related to politics is very, uh, how politics have affected the church. And so, um, and a lot of the ways the church has responded negatively to those things just trying to course correct if you will and so there's there's 17 tracks each each my albums usually are have like a a, a great storyline where I'm leading you through this album does not intentionally did not do that it's it's just each song can stand on its own even though thematically some songs do follow each other but it's not like previous albums where you listen to five songs to get the point of one of those songs, you know, like this album was more, um, I wanted to give the fans a break and myself a break from all of the intricacies in which I try to put albums together. But, uh, I feel like it was a good album for me to drop at the end of the year. Yeah. It's saying a lot of the things that I feel like I wanted to say. And I think need to be said through music at least. And so I'm grateful the feedback right now has been pretty crazy. And, uh, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, I think that that's one of the the dopest album covers I've seen. Also, it just speaks, you know what I mean. Holding that mask yeah. in front of uh, Washington, the, the Capitol Hill, I was like, whoa, that's that speaks. That no, speaks that's real. Out. I mean, I live right outside of DC, so that's a shot. That that's a picture of my man. And we, you know, I go out and shoot occasionally. We just go into DC and ride around, and, and so when we just, I said, listen, man, we hit the Capitol for a minute, so we just went there, and I just. I just saw it and I just saw it had an idea and it came out really well. Yeah. I'm just holding back because it represents what this year has been about. You know, just exactly. sort of the bald fist represents the frustration of the mask and just where we're at. You got the, the you know the Capitol, so Congress and all the beef that's been happening in Congress and mm-hmm. and the fist represents the frustration of you know. So there's there's a lot, man. The the, the album cover by itself. Tells you what to expect on, on on one level. Yeah, and, and it definitely, I definitely got that just by looking at it. Like, man, this this is some, it's some real stuff right here. You know what I mean? And uh, with your albums, I'm gonna be honest, dude. I gotta listen to them like a couple times to really get the message that you're trying to say. You know what I mean? I can't just let it play once. I'll be like, I gotta re- I gotta repeat it and just really um, um, listen to the lyrics and and, mm-hmm. and see the message that you're you're trying to portray because there's some heavy stuff on there. Um, I think for me, um, that one joint that you dropped was the most impactful. Um, the one you, when you're talking about uh, forgiveness, the one triggered that one. Mm-hmm. That one really stuck because I feel like uh, throughout this whole year, uh, there's been a lot of people that have been triggered, but not a lot of uh, reconciliation, mm-hmm. especially within the church. You know what I mean? And so I feel yeah. like that's something that. This definitely needed within the conversation is to uh, ask for forgiveness and 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 really say, you know, what, bro, I said some things that were out of line, and I'm sorry because I was triggered. I think mm-hmm. admitting that 
is uh, humility within himself because no one wants to admit that they got triggered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's other people that get triggered, but not you. But I think we've come, we've come to the point where all of us, I think, have gotten triggered before, and now we need to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent, bro. Now I got a question about that song, though, because I, yeah. I, I I was hearing it and I was like, oh man, this is, you can bump it, you can bump it, like it, it, it's good and it, and it hits and it, it hits home. But I was listening to it and I think Justin was that one was the one that said it. Do you see anybody featured on on the on, on the on the title of the song, do you see it where it says featured on there? I'm like, no. Have you heard that rapper before? The first rapper? I'm like, no, I haven't. It's weird. <laughs> and then they tell me, that's Kurt on there. He he switched up his voice. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Because I saw the music video. And I'm just, I'm so in my mind. It's like, oh, it's this, it's this white guy right here. He's he's speaking from the heart. And then Kurt comes on. I'm like, oh, this is dope. And then they're like, hey, they're, they're both Kurt. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, wait, what? That blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that was me, both of them. We did a little pitch correction, and I kind of rapped a little bit trying to represent the perspective from people who were white and black. So that was my buddy just memorized it so we could do the video. He's a guy, well, he's one of my closest friends at the church. Uh, his, whole, his son and my son, every year we do like father and son trips together. Like New York City, oh, a couple days. That was my dude, so he, he like he's a rap, he loves rap. So I, I asked him what he do, he memorized it, did a good job, and that's how the video came out. But yeah, it's definitely me on all four of those verses. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Hey, I'm not gonna lie, I knew it was Kurt all along. Because on chapter two, like you did that, you did that that voice, uh, and at the end of the album, I was like, Hey, it was you all along. Like like that interview voice. So I was like, I, no, I definitely I definitely do like to you know, that's part. That's partly like Kendrick Lamar's. You know, inspired by Kendrick, yeah. like he's one of the first artists that I felt like actually he makes his voice an instrument and changes things up. And I think, I think I'm at that point in my career where I don't try to force my style over a beat any. Like I feel like I don't have a style anymore. I'll hear a beat, and if I feel like oh this resonates with, I might need to channel this kind of influence like the album starts off and you hear that biggie what's beef you know and and you hear that then you hear so to me i feel like i'm drawn to you know you got a song called petty foul where i'm talking yeah. about his feet stink because really blessed are the feet they carry the good news the church is not even worried about evangelism right now we're fighting so much you're feasting so that that had a 50 cent vibe when i heard it so i kind of so for me, I feel like right now as an artist, I'm comfortable enough with who I am. And, and hip hop has had such an influence on me that I'm going to let those influences come out when I'm rapping. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll manipulate things and reference things and because I, I'm, I'm just appreciative of what hip hop has, has been. So that comes out on the album. But that particular song you were talking about, yeah, man, I think you hit it with the humility. I don't know what it was this year. It was maybe because of COVID, but I think it was before this year even. This idea of race and all the different politics, like humanity, like just humanity has been lost in all of this. And like people have genuine struggles and we just dismiss people's struggles. And you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head. One of the things that, one of the reasons why I called it triggered and wanted to highlight that actual word is because somehow people think it's weakness to acknowledge that you're triggered. The reality is you are triggered. 
where a lot of us have been triggered by this stuff. I am almost everyone I know that loves the Lord has been triggered in some conversation. And we try to act like we're not as if somehow that, that represents a weakness. It just represents humanity, man. There are people on both sides. I know people who are white that feel like, man, all this critical race theory stuff is like a sucker punch. Uh And then I know black people who've been like, man, we've been talking about these problems long before this came up. You know, me and Strack talked about this on our podcast, or maybe this was a conversation. And I I can't remember because I have so many conversations about these things with different people. I can't sometimes remember what we said on the show and what we didn't. But I feel like, like it's really two worlds. Some people think everything was fine until critical race theory came. And I tend to think critical race theory came because everything isn't fine. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talked about the show. And that's kind of what that song represents. It's like, and I wanted to accurately and faithfully represent both sides and not get too technical and be fighting over. Now, let's talk about the humanity. Hey, I'm a white evangelical and I'm struggling. And I'm a black Christian and I'm struggling. And let's talk about it. And that's mm-hmm. what that song represents. Yeah, that's dope. And I definitely feel like it's a much needed song. It really was because something that I've learned in 2020 was humility. I've had to go through a lot of situations where um, I've had to humble myself and it hurts. It really does. You know, sanctification yeah. hurts. It really does. And if it doesn't yeah, hurt, God. then are you really being sanctified? You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's real bad. Yeah, I, li- I like how you end the album with uh, my faith uh, speaking to uh, just what really did keep you through all of these things that kept going on. I mean, you speak to a number of different things throughout 2020, but ending it with my faith is what, what well, you speaking about how your faith, our faith together um, yeah. has kept you. And, it, and it's almost on the same line as the beat goes on, um, that, 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 that it really does. Life will continue, but nonetheless, because we hold to Jesus Christ, that's what keeps us. Mm-hmm. 100%, man. That was intentional, I think, as you, as you alluded to. It's 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 the different way of you know the beat goes on. It's just our faith. The, the beat goes on is essentially saying, "Well, we persevere to the end." Uh-huh. I mean, that's essentially uh-huh. what Strack is saying. We pray, and that's what I and I just ended it with. This is my faith in Jesus Christ. My faith is in is in Jesus. It's not in humanity. Like my faith is not in a political base, a political structure, a politician, a policy. Uh-huh. My faith is in a, in, in a and that's the thing that has lost in the church. Like we're not united by a political party we're united in a person uh-huh. and so that that's where my confidence is and so whatever you know whatever come hella high water like whatever comes is just like all right this is what it is it's just, it's it's not you know it got sovereign you know like people you know the people who voted for trump were like angry that people voted for biden it's like man look god is sovereign over who put where uh-huh. people are he was sovereign when obama was president he's sovereign when trump is it just, it's just he's in control and there is no such thing as, you know, getting God's policy, you know, getting moving God out of the public square. There's no such thing. So, well, it is. Hey, man, dude, hold your horses, man. I'm turning right now. That's on the real, man. So, I, was waiting, I was waiting for that horn to go. <laughs> I just jumped in with the peas. Oh. You keep on knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> oh man! See, if I'd have done it, it'd be like, man, that's racist. Like now, nah, my wife is like, <laughs> you got you get a pass, bro. You get a pass. Um, no, but one thing, one thing I had to say before before we move on, um, that Jay Z um, uh, 
I, I believe it's on brand. I'm not a businessman. Yeah, I'm a businessman. That sample right there, bro, was like, when I heard it, I was like, what? That's dope. Yeah, that shout out to my man Chris Jones, man. Let me tell you something about Chris Jones. Chris Jones, to me, is probably one of the greatest slept on producers right now in CHH. Let me tell you yeah. why. Yeah. Let me tell you why. And I ain't saying this because he's the homie. I'm, I'm, this is real talk. I mean, you guys know us enough to know we're going to keep it a thou wow, right? Mm-hmm. The thing about Chris Jones, like I'll say, Chris, I need to be. And Chris has a style that's more laid back and more. So me and Chris sometimes can miss the mark on beats. But when I come to Chris and say, this is what I need, here's what I'm looking for, I lay it out for him, man, Chris will give it to me exact. So Chris yeah, did five yeah. beats for this album. He did five of them. He did Small World. He did Brand. He did uh, N-I-G-G-A. He all that one. He did that one. I don't know. We, we'll say that on our show. I don't know if y'all say it on your show. So <laughs> no, yeah, you're good. It is. It he, is what it is. He did, uh, he did Entertain. And he did, um, uh, which my favorite joint, he did um, A Dangerous Freedom. Mm. So that's the one why that he, he did that. But... Chris is phenomenal, man. And I, I told him, this is what I need for this track. I need this. I want the Jay-Z sample. Here's the drum pattern. Here's this, here's that. And I worked with him and he came back and it was like, bam. And that song is actually more important than I think people realize. That, that song is where I'm headed in the future. Because that right there is the issue in, in Christianity is branding. Is everyone's protecting a brand. Mm. And, and whether it's whether it's your own ministry, like how is it that we believe in Jesus Christ and you got a ministry named after yourself? <laughs> like, I'm Damn. sorry. I know Robbie Zacharias is passing on, but how do you have Robbie Zacharias Ministries? Vody Bakum Ministries, all these people. Why is the ministry named after you? Like, that's a, that's a branding to me. That's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, who, I'm not sure who people bang with, but you bring cross examine on we gonna say something. So <laughs> that's a problem. See if I had the if I had my little options right now, it would have been like doop, 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 doop. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You'd have been hearing them Griselda joints up in here. You can't get your sound bites right there. The gunshot. That's that's yeah. that's a lot of what's happening. What people are calling power, hegemonic power and all with critical race there, it's really about branding. It's you're you're protecting a brand. Mm-hmm. You're building a brand on mocking and 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 slandering other believers, and it's coming mm-hmm. from both sides. But you can't tell this dude isn't a white supremacist because he voted for Trump. This dude isn't a isn't a isn't a Marxist because he thinks that you know it's just it's foolishness, man. And so, brand is a song that's really important. It highlights a little bit of drama I had on Twitter. I had to bring somebody some smoke. Yeah. And then, <laughs> But it also highlights the deeper problems that I did me and Strack often see happening that we talk about a lot on our show in the church. Yeah, that's on the real. That's on real. And and I never met the dude, but shout out to Chris Jones. Uh, he dropped a single this year called "Whose Lives Matter." Deeply profound song right there. I made a little. I need to have show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris is a, Chris is a musical genius, man. Yeah. Word up. He definitely it comes natural to him. You know what I'm saying? But he puts the work in and brings out like he just. I mean, when you get to know Chris, you know that this is Chris. Like, what he Mm. produces with his music is who he is and what the Lord is doing in his life. And, I mean, he also pastors, has his wife, multiple children. Like, he gets it in, man. Chris loves the Lord, and it comes through well in his love for hip-hop as well. Humble brother, man. Yeah. Humble brother. For sure. He got four joints on the beat goes on as well. Nice, nice. So, 
So, Kurt, we know that you're not streaming it for free, which is good, right? Right. Because then, like like we mentioned yeah, I before, never do. the money yeah, goes I back to you. Yeah, I don't stream initially. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't stream initially. So you have to buy it. You have to go to iTunes and buy it. iTunes, the store, and then it'll... Events, there have been some problems with iTunes some people have. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the morning, I bought it right away, and then... It wouldn't download to. It's not allowed in your country. I'm like, what? <laughs> not, not in not your country, <laughs> Yo, like, yeah, California has now. officially become another <laughs> country. <laughs> 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 it's, it's those Facebook fact checkers. They're they're fact checking the the album. They don't want that right. stuff here. It's it, it, too much smoke on that album, man. They, you know. <laughs> but yeah, but you can get it from iTunes, Amazon, or Bandcamp. You can go to KurtKennedy.Bandcamp dot com and, and you the album will be there to download and I'll be I usually release stuff for streaming later and I think just it's a philosophy I feel like the the quality of music that we put out I believe is worth ten bucks yeah, and not just, sure. if I just put it out for, and, and also too for you as the listener and I know Strack dropped his for streaming out everywhere just to do that but the next project Strack drops is going to be too quality for that. Like, we ain't doing that. And because, not that this isn't quality enough, not to that, but just that, you know, for you, when you get things free, you don't appreciate them as much. Yep. When I pay a couple dollars for something, like if I go to a movie and it's free and it's horrible, I ain't tripping because I ain't pay for it. So mm-hmm. it's like, whatever. But if I pay for the movie and I watch it and it's terrible, I'm going to complain. Why? Because it costs something. It meant something to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, I know we're going to talk about CHH, but one thing that has really done damage to CHH is separate from the culture. It's just the, the, the economy of free music. And so you don't remember when you bought an album and you sat and listened to it for yeah. a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and you just, yeah. that's what I want you to do when they hear my music. So when you say, man, I got to keep listening, that's what I want because the fact that you're willing to keep listening means it's important. It's important to you and, and the information on it is important. And that's what's missing. So when everyone can just download your music, you get the album for free, you listen to it, and then you go on to the next one. And it, it might be quality, but you've already moved on. Hey, y'all heard this? Y'all heard this? Y'all heard that? Man, you haven't heard none of it. <laughs> you can't listen to the beat goes on and walk away from that after a listen or two and be like, all right, this one is dope. Nah, 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 nah. You can only do that if you bought it for free and it means nothing to you. You can't listen to reporting live. And be like, oh, okay, cool. This is my favorite song, and I have to move on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, so. For me, I'm not going to give my music out for, for, right away for streaming. I want people to buy it because if you buy it, there's a higher probability you're going to listen to it, and, and that's important. Yeah, that's a good philosophy to have. That's a good philosophy to have, huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so so that again, that was his hype man. At Bandcamp, and then also to Kirk Kennedy at Bandcamp. Yeah, you can go ahead and pick up their albums. All right, mm. man, let's get it in, man. Since we're talking about CH, CHH, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. The worldly. The worldly. Same thing, ugly, worldly, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so now getting into the episode, we want to talk about the impact of CHH, the good, the bad, and the worldly. Or as we said right now, just the, the, the ugly. But uh, first question that we got for for for, the, for you guys is, uh, who are some some dudes in the game that you presently see putting in work right now? Who what Christian hip hop artist do you see that's that's just on the grind with with the CHH? If any, 
if any. Oh, there's dudes. Yeah, no, nah, there's definitely cats out there. I mean, you know, the GOM dudes they they stay dropping stuff. GOM stays dropping stuff. Um, Eshawn Burgundy stay dropping stuff. Obviously, he's getting on people's nerves right now with the whole yeah. evil Israelite stuff. But um, but he stay dropping music. Their whole you know their camp stays dropping music. Um, obviously, you know, Christcentric is dropping all kind of stuff. You know, Johan has all kind of projects in his pocket. He's dropping. I mean, there's a lot of dudes out there, man. They and you know, I, I mean, that's that's what comes to mind for me. Oh, these dudes, um, Hog Mob. You know, they stay dropping stuff there on the regular go. out, out your way. You know, um, so yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of cats that be dropping music, man. A lot. Look, and there's a lot of unknowns that yeah. just don't really got don't really got platforms. You know what I mean? It just there's a lot of us that really just ain't heard of. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't really feeling Ishan's album. That's just me, though. You know what I mean? That's just me. But go ahead, Kurt. Who, who, who do you, in your opinion, who do you think are, are making it happen right now? Uh, I mean, I think Strack named a lot of them. <clears throat> I'll be honest. I'm not. Um, I'm not checking for a lot of dudes in CHH, and I guess that that's part of the conversation we'll have. Mm-hmm. Um, on the genre in and of itself. I'm just not checking for a lot of dudes. So um I think all the people that strike name, yeah. Obviously striking myself for putting out projects. Um Yeah man, I think, you know, the people he named and there's probably a few others that could be named, but I think it you know, I think there's a lot of people who still believe in Jesus and then put out music that either indirectly or directly reflects their relationship with him and so I think there's still enough there's enough music out there that people should be able to find something that really help them if they like the genre of, of rap of hip hop yeah and so the next question then would be well now now moving into more heavier topics is can CHH speak to the issues of today and if CHH so more more not so much as far as social media and the artists themselves on their own um, social media platforms, but as far as within songs, can can through CHH, is there a way that artists can uh, speak to um, the issues of today? And if so, is there backlash that may happen when speaking about these things? Have you guys experienced any of that before? Go ahead, Kurt. <laughs> sure, yeah, so I think, so, uh, to your first question, can artists speak to that? Like, I, I, I think we should. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we if we really believe the scripture, Second Peter one, you know, three and four says His divine promises have granted to us uh, all things, you know, to, to for life and godliness. Right. So, the scriptures alone, if we believe in the sufficiency of scripture, and we're people who say we represent or trying to live according to that that sufficiency of scripture, then we should be able to speak to all of the issues of the day. If we think the Bible does, we should, as people who represent the Bible, do that as well in musical form. And I think, to be honest, this, and this might be a question that we're leading to, but I'll say this now, and then we can maybe pick up on it later. One of the reasons why things kind of blew up in many ways is because this wasn't a sentiment back when I came in, in 05. Mm-hmm. It was really about um, 
didactic music, which is you really are only doing it for the Lord if you're teaching sort of theology from your music. There was a lot of pressure to do only that was the only music that glorified the Lord. And I just think, and we weren't really talking about many of the issues of the day. Uh, now, can we talk about those things in a way that's not helpful? Sure. And many are. Um, but I think we should be able to, absolutely. We should be able to, because scripture is sufficient, we represent, in our tether to scripture, we should be able to speak to a number of issues. I just don't think artists are, if I'm being honest, they're creative or courageous enough to do so. Mm-hmm. So we just people just stay in sort of these lanes and stuff. Or they just don't, well, I say, well, I say creative. I just don't think they know how to do it in a way that's helpful. And so you'll get music that's just weird. Or, But I think we should be able to, absolutely. That's right. That's right. And so I, I guess um, I, I'm just going to be transparent right now. Kind of some of what I'm wrestling with, even as we discuss, you know, CHH as a topic, it's kind of hard for me to identify what it really even is anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so... You know, there's so there's so many different uh, variables or different people. You know, with hip hop as a whole, like hip hop has always addressed issues. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that hip hop has always done. Um, and I think Christians who do hip hop and, and we, as we call them CHH um, have, in through our history, addressed issues as well. For myself, most of what I've experienced growing up listening to Christian hip hop um, from like the the late '90s on, um, I would say the stuff that was addressed was sound doctrine. You know, like the, and there needs to be sound doctrine, and we need to understand who God is first and foremost in order to be able to worship Him properly, which is dope. I mean, it's it's a necessity. Um, but I think today some people are striving to address some world, some of the world's issues, some of our issues culturally, and I I, I struggle with some of it because I, I question how connected they are to their churches as they do it. Yeah. But then there's also the side where dudes are like heavily connected with their churches and they're bashing dudes who are doing it. You know, so it's like it's two sides to the table. Like we want people to to have both. Like yo, you have to be tied, um, untethered, or connected in the body, working within your local church, but then also using your platform to bring bring um, attention to issues that may be affecting you personally, or affecting people within your church, or even just affecting the community. I think it's ne- it's a necessity. But man, we we got to make sure that we are also involved in our churches with our pastors with our people that hold us accountable you know as we do that because if not we'll just start sounding like the world you know what i'm saying and we'll just we'll just run with whatever the world does so with all with all the different stuff happening right now it's real hard to be able to tell who's who and that's just where i'm at personally yeah man that then that brings up like an like another like uh, not topic, but within what we're talking about right now, then there becomes kind of like a civil war within CHH. You know, you got uh, the more liberal CHH rappers, or and then the more conservative CHH rappers, and then you end up kind of like bashing each other. You know what I mean? 
And I think in today's day, um, that's exactly what the world is doing. You know what I mean? Taking sides on, on you know, liberals and conservatives, and and we don't need that in CHH. I mean, I, I've I've listened to music where they do discuss the issues. You know, dudes like Seven has addressed the issue. Uh, D1 came out with a single called Racist Christians. You know what I mean? And there's dudes that, that address it. But to have a biblical worldview is really rare because they can address the issue but still not have a biblical worldview about it. So I think that's something that, that, that Kurt, you bring to the table real well. You know what I mean? You said it before. Yeah, that, yeah, definitely. That, that you're not really CHH as biblical worldview music. And I think that's a good way to describe it because although it's not about, you know, saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all the time, uh, you understand your point of view, where it's coming from. So I think um, that, that's something that needs to be more of in CHH, you know, or else. Um, yeah, real talk, real talk. Or else we're just listening to just music that, you know, without no meaning or purpose behind it, you know, and not mm-hmm. listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But that's where we were talking about this earlier. So two two things. I think part of the reason why lyrics and stuff don't matter is because music is just free. Mm-hmm. And again, you just you just res- unless it's your uh, artist you really really bang with tough. If you listen to music that's free, you just don't listen. You don't appreciate it as what it is. It's just you just listen to it. It didn't cost you anything. There's no real investment. Like paying ten dollars for something is an investment. You know. It's, 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 it's important to us. And so people don't listen to music the same way. So now it becomes less about the lyricism and more about the actual groove of it. And this is where the South sound really came in, like, you know, 04, 05 with, mm-hmm. you know, GZTI, Rick Ross. And it became like this different vibe. I mean, if you want to go back to really do all the cash money in them and, and, and no limit in 97, 98, they bring in a different vibe that's less about lyricism, more about just the bounce and the movement of it. Mm. That sound took over the secular side, which eventually, that's how really Lecrae got his way paid because as the world was moving more towards that Southern draw, mm-hmm. Lecrae was coming from that, coming from Houston. He had that already. So he kind of, started to outshine and do his thing with Trip being from Dallas and that their whole vibe was basically the first real to me besides like the grits and groups like that they were like the new southern Christian rap group um, that or like rap crew because Lecrae was a solo artist so but that but that also took away a sense of listening to the music lyrically and I think when you get it for free you don't give it that same Look, and that's why I call my music biblical worldview because I would agree with Strack. I don't know what CHH is anymore. But having said that, I think that that's part of the problem. Is that to me when I came in, what was true CHH was a narrow focus, mm-hmm. and really I think that was not a good thing. That was a that was a that was a particular brand of CHH that was dope. And we needed that. And that paved the way for a lot of other things. But it became, if you don't do this and you're not being faithful, and it, it did shun a lot of brothers. And, and people who just didn't want to rap, especially they weren't like reformed and weren't going to rap the doctrines of grace mm-hmm. and spell out 
they weren't going to do attributes of God and do those types of things. That's just not their vibe. You can't, you know, you try to do something that's not your vibe, it's not going to be good. Yeah. So I think that's actually, so what CHH is now, it's always been, it's just more people that are doing it. But this, le- but when you said something about, you know, liberal versus Christian, I, you know, I know this year's show, so let me just push back on that slightly. I don't, I don't think that's the real issue. Mm. I think the issue is people are just trying to make money, man. It's about branding, mm. right? So I was talking about brand. This is yeah. people like when what Lecrae did. Lecrae opened the door for people to really think about themselves as Christians, wanting to be accepted as dope rappers by the world, and trying to make money from it. You saw for the first time. When Bizzle did his thing and got popularity from going at Jay Z and Fifty, yeah. and then Lecrae was doing his thing, and and you know with Church Clothes, which was to me the first Church Clothes was my favorite Lecrae project yeah. to be honest. But when that happened, the door started to open up, and people's desire to no longer extract knows this. A lot of guys would be like, "Yo, I'm making music to reach the streets," but let's be honest, all your concerts were in churches, so you you talking to the streets, but they ain't listening to you. They don't hear you. Mm-hmm. So it's just giving you a street credibility because all the people that are buying your music are church kids, right? It gave them a piece of the world and gave you feeling like you're doing something. But in reality, wasn't nobody in the street listening to your music. But then when you had Bizzle come out, okay, whoa, now people are paying attention to Christian artists. And Bizzle was dope and he was going at the world. You had the Cray trying to show the world he's a good rapper. And you got Andy Minio following suit. And then you got Eshan was winning like rap contests, secular rap contests and proving that Christians can spit. So all of that's happening. And so there was a sense of, man, I want to make money doing this. I want to get, I want to actually become a Christian. I'm a Christian. I want to take the dreams that I had of being a rapper that I thought I couldn't make money from and now do it. So I don't even know if it's about liberal Christians versus conservative. I think it's about, man, people just trying to get, make money from it. And that, and that, will, that makes them want to cross over, water down their message. But whatever it is, if that's what you, if watering down your message is what you're doing, I think that's what's happening more than anything else. So you got really, it's more about purists who want to be explicitly about Christ or, and then you got people who want to make money from it and do it in a way that doesn't necessarily be explicit about Christ. That's how I, that's what I see happening right now. Yeah, I think, I think mm-hmm. yeah, you put the definitions to the words I said when I say the civil war kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, that's what yeah. I meant, you know what I mean? You just... That, that, that's what I mean, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing... One thing I, I took the words out of your mouth, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, literally, man. Literally. <laughs> you know, the, you have the, the listener aspect of everything, too. I mean, you got different kinds of listeners. You know, you have what I would consider, like, the top 40 or top 100 listeners who really just listen to hip-hop as a stylistic thing. Like, they just... That's just the style that they want to brandish themselves with. Um, you know, they'll put it on in the car while they're riding with their friends because they want to look hip-hop. They want to feel hip-hop. But then you have real hip-hop listeners that are invested, that, you know, they're the ones that will will buy the projects, you know, because they're invested as part of who they are. You know, it's, it's embedded within them, the culture, the sound. They listen for the lyricism, you know. And then you have those who listen who are competitive. They're hip-hop artists also. So they, they listen from that angle, which is a little bit more in depth, a little bit more involved, a little bit more invested. You know, so you got all of that involved as well when you consider hip hop and, and the listeners to the, the ones who actually make the music. Man, there's a, a lot of stuff going on, you know, when you talk about this kind of thing. Um, and 
at the end of the day, most of us, I mean, for myself and I think Kurt as well, we just make music that we love to listen to and we want to ride to and we want to be able to be a benefit to others, but also do something that we believe the Lord has gifted us to do. Mm-hmm. And we want to do it at a level that is pleasing to our ears um, and please the Lord in return as well. So that's that's pretty much it, man. I just want to make banging music that can compete with anybody that I know is in my lane. Like, that's it. 100. And I think that's real. I think that's, that's, I mean, that's where, that's where I I agreed with Lecrae, but he went too far. Mm -hmm. He just went too far. I want to, I I think my, I want to put my music in and let it compete with anything because Christians aren't just listening to, there's a, there's a narrow view of Christians who only listen to Christian rap. Most times you're competing with, so like when you put out an album as a Christian, right, you're competing with one, the world and, and their music like people non-Christians who make good music especially if you like hip hop you're just gonna bang with it you're gonna like certain, you, you, so I'm trying to grab your attention from them then I'm also by not releasing my album for streaming right away I'm also competing with the the way music is distributed so now I'm asking you to pay $10 instead of get it for free right so there's, and then you're competing within your own previous project like you're always trying to outdo what you did before your own perspectives your own desires your own so it's a they always say rap is a competitive sport I think anytime you're putting out something for the public for public consumption it's competitive because regardless what it is me and Strack, we homies we but my album's competing with this album yeah, it's, it's, just reality. it's just reality it's just it's not intentional it's not but I want you to buy my album he wants you to buy his album that's competition mm-hmm. now granted there's gonna be people who bought both like, and we get that we're grateful but in the reality that's just the way it is competition when you put things out this, this is what capitalism is you put things out there to to benefit from to make money that may not be your sole purpose but nobody wants to release music and have nobody hurt hear of it or buy it or listen to it right you put it out there in hopes that it has an impact on people and that you at least recoup what you put out so there's a lot of that going on man there's a lot of all of these different variables that yeah. play in and I think CHH it just got much bigger than when I came into it like it was like it was almost like a smaller, there was tons of people doing it, but they were just, it was a smaller fraternity. Now you have, with the with the immersion of like social media, Facebook, Twitter, and all this stuff, and blogs, this wasn't out there as much in 05. Facebook wasn't out in 05. Yeah. Twitter wasn't out in 05. So you get all this stuff, and now you have, you know, this used to be MySpace. Remember MySpace pages? That's when you could upload mm-hmm. your music. Yeah. You had a MySpace page. It was like, yeah, I want you to you can yeah. like your music. Yeah. It was dope. And artists started getting signed and all that. But then now there's just such a way to consume music that it's just it's just broad. And, and, and there's a lot of people, like there are, in, in, in anything, there's going to be people who say they're Christians that are not, but they're making music and hopes to have a career as a Christian artist. And it's just a, it's a different it's a different revenue stream. That's yeah. real. So you, you you said that CHH is a lot bigger now than when you first started. Would you consider um, CHH to be its own genre, or do you think that like it's just gone so far away from its purpose? Or what is it? Is it its own genre, its own culture within itself, or what can what is CHH now, basically? You know what I mean? Because we got Dane who dropped CHH and he's dead. And he had a single uh, before that 
where he was, he's just naming, you know, rappers that are, that are doing it. He's naming everybody, Jackie Hill, Ishan, you know, everybody that's just doing it. So it's CHH a genre now. You know, this is the thing, man. CHH to me is a genre, but it was never like a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. Because you, because because what we already talked about, what Strack mentioned a few moments ago, and what you've also said, you had when Strack talked about the listener, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it's just you got people like y'all, y'all from the West Coast, so y'all gonna bang with Hog Mob, and then maybe mm-hmm. differently than like dudes on the East might be like, man, I'm I was cross movement, Shylin, yeah. Tim Brindle, and then you got dudes who might be like, man, gospel gangsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might be, then you go down yeah. south and you might be like, man, I got, you know, we with the grits and we with, you know, then you go up in the Midwest and you're like, man, we with flame and we with mm-hmm. K-drama and we with, you know, so it's just, it, it's, it's a genre only in terms of classification, but it's not a genre like there was a brotherhood that all felt the same way and now it's just changed. Mm-hmm. I just think everyone was doing their own thing. It just seemed, it, it, it's really about how you were impacted individually and what you saw going on. There was always more music than what you liked and were aware of. Always. So like, there was a whole movement in the Midwest. I remember me and Flame hanging out uh, back in like 06. We was out in Philly together and he was telling me about all these, there was a whole movement that I just, people I've never heard of to this moment that were just cranking out music and that genre, that style of it, blew, it, they loved it. Then you had the South coming with Lecrae and them and, and rising and he bringing that vibe in. And then, so again, there's all, so CHH is a genre only by classification, but, I, but it's not a genre based on a particular doctrine or set of decorum in which you do things and now that's changed. I don't think so. I think what's changed is really the commercialization of it because there was a point where a lot of people weren't making any money, particularly those of us who were in our sphere. Even though cross movement was popular, it wasn't like they was getting rich off of it. I mean, you had guys like G. Craig Lewis Mm -hmm. trying to poison black churches from accepting hip hop as a viable genre. And so really for hip hop to really blow up, the white churches, John Piper and them ended up endorsing Christian rap. And we need to define this. Hip hop is the culture. Rap is the music from the culture, right? Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Like, like, like salsa music is not, like, it's not, it's not Spanish. It's a, it's a derivative, right? So hip hop, we talk about CHH. That's a whole different thing. What we're talking about is Christian rap music. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. CHH is a different genre. That's a different thing. But we call it that. But hip hop is a, is a lifestyle Rap music is the music that comes from that that like that worldview, that lifestyle. So we're talking about Christian rap to, to, to be specific. There was just you know when 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 John Piper endorsed Christian rap in, in 2006, he gave permission for white churches to explore this new phenomenon that hmm. they had never really heard about besides DC talk. Which really wasn't a rap yeah, group bro. at all. I, I, I hate it nah. when people say that, bro. I, I really did. Nah, they weren't a rap group at all. But nah. that was the old, that was the closest thing people had the evangelical church. Yeah, that's like saying Carmen was a rapper, man. Oh, bro, bro, <laughs> man. He tried it, bro. Have you seen those videos? He's actually tried to rap, bro. Like, nah, right, bro. right. But you know, now I wasn't around in those days. I just heard about the Jesus freaks and all that, right? Yeah. But I did some tours with them and saw them up close and. 
that that's a different different conversation. But but like white the white evangelical world didn't really have a, a category for the kind of rap we did. And then all of a sudden, John Piper endorses it. It begins to now John Piper has a world stage. You know, mm-hmm. this is Siren God Ministries. He endorses rap, and then other people get exposed to it. And now it starts to take. Them. And now there's even more pressure to do music that is doctrinal mm. and, and teaching doctrines of grace because that's what's being accepted among the white evangelical churches. So you had a narrow group of us were able to make some money and slide into that genre, which Lecrae was able to slide into that. Even though he wasn't making music about doctrines, he was talking about like struggles of being a Christian and stuff like that. He was able to move in that lane and then eventually do his own thing. But a lot of hip hop, CHH has always been eclectic. It's always been regional. It's always been wherever you're from. It's just now we have more resources and because people have made money and you have Christian rappers out there, you have battle rappers now, Christian battle rappers that are just doing their thing in a world of gladiators and, and going to, you know, you have this, 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 this reality. And I think that's what a lot of people see now is there's more access and more awareness, but that spread things so thin that you're you just can't take in everything that's out there. So you're going to yeah, be not nah. struggle with what you bang with, and that's just a, like, and that's how it's always been. To be honest, there's just more options now. Yeah, it's a different world too. I mean, with the indie with the indie movement, you know, where people can just use TuneCore and put their own music out there. They don't need yeah. a record label. I mean, it's a whole different thing. Back in the day. Record labels made distinctions between, you know, y'all, you're a Christian hip hop or a Christian rapper, and then this is a regular rapper. You know, they the record label maybe they didn't even intend to, but that that had that distinction. Like you couldn't walk into, you know, BMI or or whoever Rockefeller, whoever, and be like, y'all want to spit. Jesus Christ on the cross Yeah what holler They'll be like hold on hold on fam I didn't start a Christian record label yet You know what I mean I'll start my Christian record My record label branch And then I'll bring you in You know what I'm saying So that That is not necessarily how it's popping anymore I mean everybody You got people dropping music left and right That ain't affiliated with no labels No nothing And some of them will talk about Christ Some of them won't talk about Christ So how do you You know Differentiate and be like, I, I get it. People want there to be a CHH because people like to be attached to something that's bigger than themselves. They want to be able to say, I'm a part of CHH and CHH ain't dead and all that. But on the real, like, if you a hip hop head and you make rap music, if you're a Christian, what's going to come out of you is Christ because that's who's in your heart. That's what you're going to rap about. Um, so that I think is, is what we need to just do as believers like yo whatever we do we do is unto the lord as artists as creatives strive to excel because god has given you an ability a gift and you want to edify the body and glorify him by doing so and that's what you should do i mean regardless if you you know feel like you fall into some camp or not so i just i to me kill that noise that's where i'm at like all that noise about who's chh is it dead who's not like whatever man just if you're a Christian, make music for Christ. You know what I'm saying? If you're not, then make music for yourself because that's what you do, you know? So that's where I'm at with the whole thing, man. I think it all of that just muddies the waters and causes division and gets people to think they got to be one way or another way. Like, yo, I'm good. Do, 
do you think that during that era during uh, uh g craig lewis and and just that time when um hip-hop was yet to be accepted um through mainstream uh christian churches that maybe that played a part as far as um music through christian rap not so much speaking heavily on social um issues that in order for for them to get played in that they had to focus on theology first before getting to that point yet that's a great question and i think but i think so this is a deeper this is a deeper kind of issue because yeah. you're talking about because so it's, it's, it's almost no linking to issues. what's going on today as well right outside but those, of, but yeah but there weren't really social issues like there are today. And, yeah. and let me explain what happened. So when 9-11 happened, you're talking about 2001, mm-hmm. the whole world shifted because of what happened in America. And America in particular really shifted from issues between white and black people and white and black law enforcement. It became about terrorism. America, we had 9-11. A month later, you had Congress getting these letters sent to them with anthrax in them, this white powder. Yeah. that, And people didn't know what was happening. You got the shoe bomber, the dude who got caught at an airport that had a bomb in it. You know, the, it, the focus was on terrorism and the social, economic, so socioeconomic structure of American culture, which had racism as its sort of undergirding main premise was gone it was more about terrorists it was more like if you look arabic if you got a beard if you look you know like strat in oh five you know oh three oh two looking like that would be like hey man grab him you know it was uh it was it, it shifted racially and so from that that eight-year period from which was really george bush he made it about terrorism he made it about saddam hussein he made it about Osama bin Laden mm-hmm. and he made and so that shifted so the social issues weren't really there they were more quieted and I think what happened was a lot of people in the church thought that the race issue was really coming to an end because one there wasn't the same animosity two Christian rap was now infiltrating white evangelical churches and they were embracing it and then three Obama becomes president in 08. Mm-hmm. So the country was, and, and y- y'all know this from Abomination. Yeah. The country was lured into thinking, hey, we've survived, we've gotten past the race issue. But it wasn't until Obama became president that you saw behind the scenes a rise in white supremacist groups forming and then joining local law enforcement. Department of Homeland Security telling Congress that they're getting veterans and recruiting all these people to join law enforcement and wreak havoc on black and Jews and different people. So all this is happening. Obama is is, is president. And we think, hey, we've solved a lot of the issues, but we were just distracted from those things. And so now the church is growing. You're getting all this together for the gospel and the gospel coalition and, and black people are now coming into these mostly white reformed churches mind you it wasn't the other way around yeah it was mainly black people which is what i said on triggered we feel like we assimilated you know it felt like we wanted us to assimilate like we need to set aside the black culture for the sake of the gospel 
joined a predominantly white church and never really mentioned anything about being black or struggles because the wall of hostility, right? So this is all what happened, and CHH is behind it. We're we're the we're the we were the musical soundtrack that added to the distraction, rightly so, of race issues because that wasn't what was happening in the world. Mm-hmm. The church has always mirrored the world rather than led the world in how it thinks. So that yeah, was if I had, hold on. If I had a, you can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. I would have dropped that right there. That would have oh, been. Mm-hmm. Ba-pow! We don't count one of those. Oh, we have one of those. Like, push the button, man. Push the button. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got this for now. I told y'all to get rid of the feet right now. Nothing have to do. <laughs> y- y'all just y'all officially came on cross-examining right now. So, <laughs> but now, nah, but so this was happening, right? So there were no social issues to really talk about. Yeah. That didn't really surface again. Now, let me say this: behind the scenes, there were there were conversations happening. How do we get white, even white, black, African American Christians to come? I was going to these conferences. I was there. Uh-huh. How do we make this? In T four G O six, me and Thabiti had every meal together because we were one of the only few black people there. Oh wait, Thabiti was invited to be a part of the speakers because he was friends with Mark Dever. You know why? Because they wanted to have some diversity. People uh-huh. were like, "Hey, this is too white. It's too white." So now let's bring a black dude up. And so Thabiti comes up. He's already writing a book calling the, the Declining of African-American Theology. It's his first book that drops in like 09, I think. So all this is happening, and it seemed like, hey, this, we're accomplishing this. It was, and it was amazing. It was, it was dope. You had young CHH, like urban dudes going to like reform churches. You had guys like Eric Mason planting, plant, planting churches. And it was, it was just looking like, hey, this is love. And then the Trayvon Martin thing happened. Mm-hmm. And when Trayvon Martin happened, well, before that, now I'm saying too much, John Piper wrote a book called Bloodlines. And John Piper had the foresight to know, hey, this is still an issue. So he wrote a book called Bloodlines that came out, I want to say in 2010, that was talking about his, his journey from being a racist to being a Christian. And that book kind of went, it came and went. No one really, because no one was really dealing with that issue at the time. It seemed like everything is sweet. But what was happening, though, was black people, urban, and not just black, like Latinos, urban people were joining white churches, and and, and we were loving the, we loved the the theology, they loved the, um, the diversity. And so it seemed like it's working, but it wasn't real, mm-hmm. because... Once you once some problems hit, then it was like, hey, we got to actually deal with it. We got to deal with, you know, we, we live in an already not yet, you know, theological paradigm. Well, we can't make race be already and, and, and other things be not yet. Like, nah, that's, we're, that's still a part of the process here. We haven't resolved all these issues. Black people just said, you know what? I'm going to ignore that the, the books I'm reading are men who own slaves. I'm going to ignore that right now for the sake of the gospel because this is what we're reading. I'm going to ignore that Jonathan Edwards did this. I'm going to ignore and we're going to read these books because it's good theology. We ignore, we're going to accept these critiques of the black church because there's some truth in them. That we, we ignored all of it until the Trayvon Martin thing happened and then it was like, hey, we struggling with and then it became like, whoa, hold on now. That's not the guy. So there's a lot of that that just the church didn't have the social issues back then that it has now. And so I think a lot of black people, and I think that I would say rightly so on some level, have felt defrauded. And so now it's not about 
social gospel verses. It's about we don't we don't we're no longer respecting your application of the gospel. Like I said in Trigger, it's not about the gospel; it's the way you're applying it. See, we don't. There's no longer an applet. We don't. We don't. We're not riding with John MacArthur. We're not riding with you anymore on applying the gospel socially. Because, in all honesty, your churches walked away from it. Mm-mm. You never cared about these issues in the urban community, and now you're the ones telling us what's right and wrong and how we can talk about it. You're the ones telling us how we can apply it. No. So we respect the gospel. We we read all the books that you said read. We ain't say nothing about that. We we talked amongst ourselves about. These are slave owners, and we're going to let that go until you start challenging our perspectives on things that we struggle with, and now it's a problem. So you're going to get on us and say, that's not this, but you're going to respect these men, and that's how this all blew up. And that's why you got artists now talking about it, because these issues had been really hidden behind terrorism and other things. And it was a beautiful time where the Lord was letting black and white people come together but what he's exposing is that it wasn't it wasn't genuine though. It was it was all based on premises. Okay, if you will assimilate and accept white culture, and then we can be good. We're, you know, we. But it, but that's it. Just it just it's all all these all these things are falling apart, and so we're blaming all this stuff. Like, well, and I don't blame with critical race theory, but that's not the problem though. Critical race theory is not causing division; it's revealing the division that's always been there. And that's why these artists weren't talking about this back in 04, 05, 06, because he didn't need to. The world wasn't in his place. The church was 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 ignoring these things until 2012. So I'm sorry, I took a, took a little more chunk of time. But I wanted to get that out there when you asked that question, because it's important to know this is why we are where we are. It's not like people think. Dudes didn't just read Karl Marx and be like, hey, I'm going to say something now. Hmm. There were many conversations behind the scenes of, hey, and there were pastors who I thought were really humble said, hey, how, how, what's your experience like being in our church? What can we do differently? And they would ask white black people these things. they say, hey, well, listen, here's some of the challenges we face. And black people gave up a lot, man. It's a lot. Like, imagine, I mean, I don't know what kind of churches y'all go to, but y'all Latino. Imagine you got to go to a church where you can't really, being Latina is not, that's not the gospel. You can't really do that. That's not the gospel. Like you gotta, you gotta assimilate to the culture of white people, and you sing their worship songs, their style. You and, and people don't realize this. Listen, this last thing I'll say, and I'm, I'm not gonna talk the rest of the show. I'm done. This is the thing. <laughs> you invite someone to your church. You're not inviting them to a building. You're inviting them to a culture. You're asking them if you. When, when I would tell these white pastors this, they would always ask. Me. I'm talking about from the big dogs on down. Would ask me these, Kurt, how can I get African Americans to come to my church? And I say, well, what do you mean by church? Hmm. Well, you know, come to our church and say, so, well, if you're just talking about coming to your building, should you can do, you can do like a picnic, you can, you know, serve people, do give haircuts, you can get people to come to your building, but if you're talking about becoming a member of your church, then you have to know what you're asking. You're asking me, how can I get people to set aside their cultural preferences and to follow the way we worship God, the way we hear from God, the way we talk about God, the way we give to God, the way we preach about God. You're asking people to give up everything that they're used to to follow the way you think God should be talked about. That's a big deal, brother. So I recommend you go to an all-black church. Don't announce that you're a pastor because they're going to honor you and put you up front. Just go there, you and your wife and your family, and know what it feels like to have to be uncomfortable, to have a musical style that's not your rhythm, to have a preaching style that you have to adjust to. 
then you'll get a sense of that's the that's the real issue. That's what, this is all the stuff that's happening, and that's that the law is really exposing right now. And, and this is the stuff that this is with me and Shaq and I was talking about this stuff all the time. So anyway, that's why there wasn't happening. The social conversations weren't happening in 04. It wasn't about theology first and then those. It's just that was what was accepted among the white evangelical church was theology. Yes, this is like a sermon in the four minutes. I'm getting more theology from Charlene's album than I did my whole year in seminary. You know, you're, you're hearing language like that. Man, I'm getting, I get more from your music in four minutes than I do in a sermon sometimes. And, and, and that was attractive to white people because it wasn't about, it didn't have to do anything to challenge them. It had to do with things that they already agree with. And we were following suit because of the theology. And, and I think subconsciously that narrative has led CHH, Christian rap, right? It has led yeah. that, that the style of music that, that you bring, because when we talk about even Lecrae, I know he took things way too far, but I couldn't understand his point of view and frustration sometimes because he was he was well accepted in the beginning by the white church he was safe you know he, he, he wasn't making music that parents had to worry about you know um, my parents didn't like gospel gangsters because they were too street in their too hood right so now you have music like Lecrae who is safe who doesn't sound hood but he sounds evangelical right and so he he's put on the spotlight and he's everywhere right but then when you when social issues rose up, he started, you know, speaking about it. And that's when he got outcasted. And I think that's when he saw kind of like the the like they turned his back on, on him. You know, what I mean, the fans or or the church or whatever it was that made him be like, you know what? I'm going to do my thing because obviously yeah. I, if I don't fit your narrative anymore, then I'm just going to do me. So I understand him. But well, that was part of it for Lecrae. Yeah. That was what, part of it. That, that, as I say, I know he took it too far, but it was it, it was in that perspective. You know, yeah. I, mean, I couldn't understand. Well, he eventually became that. But what his big problem was, you're doing songs with artists who are proud to be sinful. Mm-hmm. When you're doing songs with like Ty Dolla Sign, right? Yeah. The world recognized that this dude was way too sexual, way too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was, so there were layers to that. I think Lecrae actually used the race stuff as a scapegoat. Mm. That's what he used it as a scapegoat so that he could kind of justify his reasons for leaving. He forgets. See, people forget that he apologized and said, "You know what? I did this whole thing wrong." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. What does that have to do with changing what one one six means on your website? Mm, yeah, right, yeah. Great problem. People weren't struggling with his social premise. They were struggling with Sam. Okay, I can accept you. Just you don't want to do this type. You want to be less explicit. Cool. But why are you doing songs with these artists <laughs> that you know that you like? You know because and, and this is where this was the gift and the curse of Lecrae. He was so popular that people were using him to kind of grow in their children in their theology. You put on the mm-hmm. craze show your responsibility to train your kids or teach to preach to your kids accurately. So when Lecrae started to change, people got offended because now when well, you're introducing them to other people, it's like, that's not, listen, if my kids are being more influenced by a rapper than they are me, the problem is me. Yeah, right The now. problem is not this rapper. I'm glad that I had music. Like I can, my kids know and love Strack, so they're gonna listen to his music. So I, we throw his stuff on in the car. I'm like, y'all want to hear Strack? Joy? Yeah, we just be rocking out to it. 
So like I can do that and I have music that I can trust. My kids, they actually don't want to hear my music. They want to hear track music <laughs> over time. So that's pro- that's a problem. But I mean <laughs> It's just like I can. That's good to have that, but I, I can't place that at Lecrae's feet yeah. and make music choices. You have to make this music, or else my kids will know. Mm-hmm. What, what Lecrae did was make some people have to be more parental. They have to be more more pastoral. You can't blame Lecrae. However, Lecrae didn't understand or dismiss the gravity of his who he was to people. You accepted it when you were preaching at them. And, and doing concerts in front of 50,000, people and getting them big checks, you ain't minded then. But now all of a sudden, you're mad that people want to hold you to a standard. Nah, fam. So it was, it was a yin and a yang. It was a tension there that wasn't all Lecrae. It was the idolization of Lecrae, but also the, 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 the lack of character that came from Lecrae and him wanting to be a dope rapper and, and really be seen is that that really drove him and Andy Minio away. And I mean, even Tadashi, I remember Tadashi did a song called All I Wanted to Do, All I Wanted to Do Was Be Me. And I remember seeing this song like, huh? This was right when the thing first started, like, this right. run for the world. And it was like, all I ever wanted to do was be me. I was like, well, I remember watching the video being like, fam, what in the world are you talking about? Being me is the problem. Right. So, so anyway, I just think it wasn't just the social stuff. Look, I think Lecrae used that as a crutch to eventually because he wasn't talking about that stuff for a minute it was out it was way into then he started saying stuff and he was already pegged by people and he knew it and he had already apologized but then would take back the apology on some level by saying that so he was he was just doing wild stuff going on sway and talking about how the church hurt him and all that it was like Lecrae hold on fam you're doing too much right now so he kind of dug his own grave uh, I think it was more. He wasn't the social one that I think people were really dealing with in terms of that. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you because he definitely wasn't the first one to do music with secular artists. I remember T Bone did that back in the day too. He did music with KRS yeah. One and Mac Ten, and no one had a problem with it back then. You know what I mean? Um, it's, but now I think what, what, what you just said was right. Is idolization of him because now. Lecrae is the number one CHH out there. You know what I mean? That that's who you equate with, and I think that that's that's where the danger came in when you put him so high up on the pedestal. I don't think you know what to do with it. You know what I mean? So it was branding, all yeah. brand. He was a brand. He was the Christian hope to the world. We always want a not. We always want when we hear a celebrity is a Christian. Oh my God, we get excited because it's just a validation <laughs> from the world. Lecrae isn't the only one. Yeah. The church wants validation from the world, man. And so we, that's why when we hear like, oh my gosh, he's a Christian, we get all excited. We don't even know it. He mentioned, that's why Jesus walks when Kanye did that. Remember that track? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where churches were paying this man 30 grand to come and bring up. Crazy. Double four. Wow. That's what Jesus walks ain't even Christian. Not at all. Because, because Jesus was used and people were singing it. Everyone rallied around, not everyone, because I did, but you know, people rallied around it because it's, it, it's, it's because we want acceptance from the world. So that's why I said, don't just blame Lecrae. This is a deeper issue. This is about the church wanting acceptance from the world. And now we see someone growing and becoming a popular artist. Now we have one, and now he's trying to pursue the world in a way that we don't want. It's just it's just way deeper. It's, it's about branding. It was a brand. Yeah, well, I mean, we had terms back in the day for you know we would say like real recognized real. We right. would call through sellouts. 
you know, because cats would sell out. You know, they would, those would, for the sake of gaining notoriety, they would become whatever people want them to become. And that's, that's really what has been happening. And I think even still happens within what, what we would call CHH, you know, even within it, you have cats coming in. They want to be accepted by the Rapzillas or whoever else is up on the top, mm-hmm. you know, saying who's good and who's not. Mm. Um, and they'll do whatever they got to do to sound sound right. You know what I mean? And and cats just stop doing what they do best yeah. and what, what, what they love to do. And all of a sudden they find themselves doing songs that would appeal to people they don't even bang with. You know, so... That's just the reality. There's, there's all kind of there's levels to the game, man. Levels. Yeah. Brand. Everybody wants to have, you know, you want a brand. I'm going to brand fully God, fully man. So I guess the next question would be, where's the line between ministry and business? It's, it's CHH ministry then? Because we talked about just a lot about like, um, just music, right? So, mm-hmm. I, like for example what you guys do would you guys consider it ministry I'll, so I, I'll start with this one I'll start only because I think I have a little bit of a different perspective on this being a business owner and being a Christian as well mm-hmm. um, so I consider everything I do as unto the Lord right so in essence everything I do has a glimpse of ministry to it. So I will be able to minister to my employees. I'll be able to minister to my customers. Um, but there's also money involved. So there's a business side of it as well, where I want to be able to provide for my household. I don't think there has to be so much of a distinction between the two because I'm not claiming a office given to me by the Lord, um, that I see clearly in scripture, you know, so there's a, there's, distinctions to be made like pastor um deacon you know these are elders in the church um that is ministry i think only now the church is involved in business as well there's business things that go along in the background that the deacons would handle and others within the church would handle um but i don't i don't like the idea of creating distinctions between you know, like necessarily how you live, because I think all things are to be done as unto the Lord and to be seen as avenues where ministry can take place. You know, so as I make music, do I want people to listen? Definitely. I mean, it's more currency for me, honestly, when I see that someone downloaded my project, whether they bought it or the money or whatever the case may be, that's secondary. When I see someone actually is taking the time to take my project and listen to it, that's currency to me because I know that the Lord will use what I put forth to minister to that person in one way or another. You know, so yes, there's business aspect to it, but there's also ministry. And I don't think they need to be necessarily separated. I think they both can work together because my desire is to please the Lord with all that I do. So I don't know if that helps, but... I'd only add I think it's I think the the distinction to me is just stewardship so like I don't I don't think it's wrong to write a book or create shirts or create music that's talking about Jesus and hoping to recoup at least the money you put into it and anything beyond that because it's stewardship like I'm if I'm to be a steward of what the what God has given me 
and I use this money to make or take time out to write this book, whatever I'm doing, if I'm using this because I want to, I think it glorifies God. And I think if there are things that I'm saying that I think will help the body, which is why, how it glorifies God to me. Like for me personally, my music glorifies God in that it helps the body be more discerning. Mm-hmm. Whether they're in my church or just people who listen. There are things that people, I mean, Strack has had this happen too. People will get to me and be like, bro, I just, you've helped me so much see things from a different perspective and help me see blind spots and how I'm honoring the Lord. That's currency for me. That's Strack. Well, that's currency. That means more to me than how many albums I sold. It's wow. I've had about, this is like the, Seven person who told me this this week, like, wow, bro, this, this that's that matters, and that's because the Lord uses that. Where the Lord uses that, so for me, it's a stewardship issue. Like, I don't, I think it's foolish to think that because it's for the Lord, I should not not try to make any money or expect anything from it. No, I think I should try to do it in a way that's not dishonest, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I should do Amen. it Amen. according to. The, the, the you know glorifying the Lord it to me and again we can we can, there's many applications to that verse but you know First Corinthians ten thirty one whatever you either drink or all you do do it to the glory of the Lord I don't think that means um, that I should everything I gotta always mention I think it has more to do with my my motive yep. and my moral character in what I'm doing I don't think it has to do with like hey explicitly about Jesus hey this is that. I don't think so. I think it has to do with my motive is I want to honor the Lord. And, uh, but, the, but the way that's going to play out is going to be different. I might do this. I might. So, I, you know, I, I was going to do a video for Abomination in the summer uh, from philosophy. And for whatever reason, I saw the political climate totally shifted after George Floyd was killed. Mm-hmm. And everyone saw that. And I realized, like, wow, we really are donkeys and elephants right now. Like, it's really, it, it really was uh, everything about what you thought about race, about George, everything shifted to be what political side you're on. Because it was, a, you know, people knew uh, an election was coming and all of it. And I said, you know what? My song, Abomination, had nothing to do with vote Republican. And is it, but I was a concern that if I were to release the video that me and Dan did, that that would it would that's the message that would come out mm. that I'm a, that I'm saying vote Republican, not Democrat. That song wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. It was about it was basically saying what I said about how 9/11 we were fooled into thinking these things, and that Obama led us into the because remember that album was about that section was about LGBT stuff. Yeah. It was about homosexuality, transgender. So I was showing how he ushered in that moral degradation in his second term. But the, but the way the culture was, though, it would have been about, yes, Kurt, that's, I, I affirm, this is what I'm talking about. And it would have been a divisive song for a reason. So I said, you know what? I'm not releasing it. Let's just not do it. Because I didn't think like that would honor the Lord to put that song out at that time. Now that Biden has apparently won, <laughs> and it, and we'll it, we'll be in the demo. I'm going to release that video in the spring, like in, in January, because now that 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 process is over. I don't feel the same way. I'm not making this. I'm not worried about the statement it makes because Democrats have won all that stuff. But again, I just didn't feel like it would it, was, it would have been a good stewardship to release that that video because it would have caused something. So again, we're always thinking about stewardship. 
That's what Strack does well. I mean, that's one of the things I love about Strack. Strack is going to think about how do I honor the Lord here and what does stewardship look like? And that's real. And I think you have to... So with me, musically, I've always thought of it as ministrainment. It's ministry and entertainment. Okay. If, if someone flies me out to do a concert, it's ministry because I'm speaking about things of God. It's entertainment because I'm doing it in a way where we're going to have fun. I don't do no rap shows where it's all like, all right, y'all, now y'all got to, you know, nah, we're going to have fun. We're going we gonna to do the call and response. Nah, I say, oh, we're going we gonna, to we gonna have fun. I was always an entertainer because that's an, there's an entertainment side to it. But it's ministry because, well, I'm a believer and I, yeah. my life is ministry. So I called it ministrainment for me. So I was able to accomplish both. But the, 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 the dividing line was stewardship. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do a show for free because that's bad stewardship because I got to drive there. I got to travel. I got to do this. I got to do that. I have a family I got to provide for. Mm-hmm. And even though this couple hundred dollars or this thousand dollars may not be like, I can't provide for my friend without it, but doing something to not gain that would also take away from, because that's time away from them. That's the right. stewardship component. Yeah, I think, what you know, what what is ministry but service unto others? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what ministry is. So when you consider something as, as, sim- as simple yet as impactful as work ethic, you know, your work ethic will minister to other people. You know, if somebody's a if somebody's a basketball player and in their character as a basketball player, you know, they don't do the things that the dudes who are extremely worldly would do. They they maintain a level of maturity and holiness before their their partners, their teammates, and their work ethic on the court is crazy. They work hard. They mm. they practice all the time. They, they're diligent with their craft. You know what I'm saying? Like They're doing things because they're doing it unto the Lord. Their work ethic is expressing in a form of ministry unto their teammates and unto those watching. You know, so that and that's what we do when we work. You know, at the restaurant, yeah. that's how we function. When I worked at the factory, that's how I function. You know, I would people would ask me why do I do the things that I do? How I do them? Where do I get my strength? Where do I get my peace from? Boom, there's opportunity to now share the gospel. Mm-hmm. But the whole time my work ethic, my character has been ministering to them. You know what I'm saying? So I think we've we've taken this term ministry and Attached it solely to pastors, to evangelists, you know, to to church offices. And we've forgotten that we minister to people in our everyday lives as we do what we do as unto the Lord. That's what needs to be remembered. So whether it's ministrainment, you know what I'm saying? However you want to term it, do what you do as unto the Lord. And it will minister to some people, guaranteed. I think that's where uh, some some people miss or they'll confuse that scripture. And when they hear of do it unto the Lord, that they think it's do it for free. Hmm. And for oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's not even biblical. I mean, the, the, the work is worth his wages, you know, mm-hmm. where like Paul, Paul, the only reason why Paul wouldn't take money so that he couldn't be accused of anything. Mm-hmm. Where so Paul was like, "Look, I worked as a tent maker. I, I, I didn't. I could have taken money and been paid because it would have been right for me to do so, but I didn't, so that no one could accuse me of anything. Because Paul, the church was being established, and there were people saying Paul's not an apostle, and so, but not. Nah, but in terms of like doing things for the Lord, like I think, no, I think I, I have a wife and three kids, Word. and a kitten now. You know, so it's like, <laughs> see, when I do stuff, I have to think about that." 
So yeah. if you're charged, like if you're asking me to do, because I do photography as well, if you're asking me to do your wedding, I'm not just because I'm a pastor and I'm a Christian and you're a Christian, doesn't mean I'm going to do it for like two, three hundred bucks. What an hour that go into, first of all, just shooting the right shot to the wedding and then the time it takes to edit all those yeah. photos. Make sure that people, you know, when people, there are times that people ask me how much for a photo shoot, and I'll tell them, like, you know, it might be $300. Like, wow. And I was like, well, you, you're assuming, you're just thinking of me taking pictures. You're not, you're, you're not thinking about me coming home and going through all those photos, editing the best ones, and getting them to you so that you can print them and all the time that's going to take. That's also more time away from my family or whatever. You don't see none of that. You don't see none of that. So really, in, in light of how many hours it's going to take me to do this, I'm really only making $6 an hour at the price I'm charging you. It's just, that's just how it is. People just don't think that way because they think, oh, it's for the Lord. And, and, and you know what? They think the same way about growth. Oh, if it's in the Lord, it should be effortless. <laughs> right? It, it should be effortless. Everyone, every godly person, wants, every person who's a Christian, who's a genuine, wants to be godly. But many of us want to hold these out, right? We just want to be like, Lord, and all of a sudden, oh, I love, I love everything. <laughs> And you are the greatest person. You know, we want that instant. And it's like, nah, the Lord says, so you pray, Lord, help me love this person. And they come in and cuss you out. And you're like, what's going on? Because you realize what you're praying is, Lord, change them so that they can be more loving to me. It's easier. And the Lord is like, no, nah, I'm going to make you put it on. Mm-hmm. And act loving towards them. And that, it's the same function. It's the way we think about sanctification. It's the way people think about business. Oh, it's going to be free. It's the Lord, why you want one anyway? Oh, you know, grow the Lord should be easy. It should be effortless. It's like, nah, fam. <laughs> nah, fam. This is the hardest thing we should do. And I'm always through it. But that's the problem. Yeah. I told people, hey, I'm not saying that we just, we just won't do work together. So, yeah. So you want I mean, you, you got to... I'm just going to say real quick, the parable of the dishonest manager. Yeah. You know, I mean, the... This this is a man that the Lord said was you know he was he was complimented for his shrewdness, and the Lord goes on to say that you know his people his followers are are not as shrewd with their generation as the people in this world are. You know what I'm saying? Like there's got to be wisdom and judgment used in creating gain for yourself for the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? For 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 God's people, you use the monetary means that are around you. Um, and you use them to store righteous wealth. You use unrighteous wealth to store righteous wealth. You build treasures in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Like people forget that we need to be wise in this world and use what we have around us, um, including businessmen that are that don't love the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like we we function and maneuver as wise as serpents, but yet as harmless as doves. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's how we're supposed to function, man. Yeah, well said. So you don't agree with the hog mob where where their statement is ministry over business? <laughs> I think it convolutes things, man. That's yeah. I, I just don't think they're mutually exclusive, though. I just don't get it. I don't see why they're exclusive. because right, like I'm a pastor. I'm a lead pastor of a church. It's a business. Yeah. Like if you, it, it's a business. It deals with finances. It deals with structure. It deals with. I already deal with the government on some level. It deals yeah. with, it's a, it's a, I run a, I run a business. I run an, a small organization as the lead pastor of the church. I make decisions that use money that make, that make this, that, that affect people's lives. And it's a business. I'm, yeah. it's not a business owner in the same sense. Strack is well, I started from a, but it's a, I run a small business that, 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 that feeds 250 plus people 
yeah. you know, consistently. And they, now, you know, if what they mean, if what they mean is this, right? If you have a decision to make, and it's not the smartest business move, but it's it's good in serving another person, then yes, ministry over business in that situation. Yeah. For example, if someone comes to my restaurant. Um, who doesn't have money They're obviously needy And yet they ask me for a meal It doesn't make business sense For me to give them a meal for free Especially during this climate that we're in right? Mm-hmm. But but I see a person in need Guess what I'm going to say Yo baby give me, that, give me some of that penin Let's throw some rice in there And boom and I give, them the, I give them the meal I just served that person I just ministered yeah. to them mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying and, and it didn't make business sense But the ministry aspect of it was way more important to me than making business sense because I know that the Lord sees that and ultimately the provision that I have comes from the Lord anyway. You know what I mean? So if that's what they mean by that, cool, I bang with it. But if they're just saying, yo, bump men, bump business, we're only doing ministry, then really they front it because <laughs> what they doing, I guarantee involves business. Yeah. If you look at the website, there's some pretty expensive stuff on there. Exactly, one hundred percent. They yeah. put money out yeah. for them. Yeah. That's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. An, it's not. An, it's not an ethic. It's a slogan. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, so pretty much to to wrap up the the episode. If I may start with Strack first. Um, what what is some um, whether it be CHH or just rapping or what, however um, we are to steward the the definitions or titles, but what what is the advice that, that, that you would be able to give to a Christian artist getting into the game uh, while thinking of sort of the the social climate that we're in today as far as ending 2020? And so I guess I would approach this in two different two different ways. One, um, for your own holiness sake. Uh, you must remain plugged in with your local body. You must um, have brothers and sisters that speak into your life to encourage you, to hold you accountable. Um, and, you know, it, without holiness, no one can please the Lord, man. You, you need to strive to be holy before the Lord. Um, and, and that involves reading your word, prayer time. You know, if you're married, spending that time with your wife, building with her, um, and, your, and your children, if you have children, do the things that scripture requires of you, um, not for justification, but because you have been justified, obviously, um, because you do love Christ, because he loved you first. So those are, you know, those are the things that you must do regardless of what, what you do and how you express yourself creatively. Um, now, as far as Christian, a Christian doing music, music as a whole, Man, do what you do. Do what you love to do. Express yourself the way you love to express yourself. Don't let nobody throw you in the box, tell you that, yo, you can't do this kind of stuff or that kind of stuff. Just express yourself and enjoy doing what you love to listen to. Because at the end of the day, you need to be pleased with the product you're putting out. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, be humble. Be willing to take criticism. Be willing to to listen to those close to you, those who've been there before you. Um, because you know the Lord lifts up the humble and tears down the proud, the proud. So remember that. You know what I mean? Like just apply basic Christian principles, man. Real rap. Well, whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you do. If you apply what you see in Scripture to your life, 
um, you will be successful before the eyes of the Lord. That's a fact. And that's really who you want to be successful before. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you want to know that when you go before the Lord, he's not like, yo, why'd you make all that ratchet hip hop? Why didn't, why didn't you take joy in what I've given you? Why didn't you, you know, the parable of the talents, man. That's, I mean, that's just, that's just real. So that's where I'm at. That's right. That's right. I just, I think what he said was brilliant. And so I, I don't, I think I've talked enough. So, man, what Strack said is, <laughs> I'll just add one thing. I just think if you're an artist, particularly for an artist, just accept the sovereignty of God and the way it reveals itself. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, Amen. And because I think everyone thinks that when they put out their music, that everyone's going to want to buy it and like it. And then you're going to get frustrated when you're trying to tag people and they take the tag off. Your video only has 117 views. Right. Five days later, and you're like, man, you're discouraged, and you're you start to compare yourself to other people, and and just and that's just God's sovereignty for you. Like I accept the fact that the the level to which God has allowed me to be at is the level to which He's allowed me to be at. Even if I think I'm a better artist or work or could should have a bigger platform, that's not up for me though. That's not my decision to make. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times with Christians, we really struggle with the platform that we want to have versus the platform we do have. Right. And I can't say why this person has this platform. And I, I just have to say, God, this is the sovereignty you gave me, and I want to be comfortable with that. So if I only sell 36 albums, then so be it, Lord. That's that's it. If I don't make my money back, then so be it. Uh, Thank you that, you know, people, anyone was even willing to buy my album, to be honest. That's a fact. I just think that's just humbling in and of itself that people were like, you know, willing to buy your album, especially when they go to Bandcamp. Some people gave way more than they needed to. Yeah, yeah. It's always crazy. Like man, Lord, I don't even deserve that. I think you have to come in accepting God's sovereignty because you may not become as much of a star in other people's eyes as you, as you are in your own. Right. And I think that's just a humbling thing, man. Because everyone wants to put out music and wants everyone to love it and be talking about it and we get reviews and and sometimes you put out an album and two days later it's like you never put out an album. You know, no one's talking about it. No one's so that's just the reality of it, and that's just. Yeah. You have to embrace God's sovereignty and say, okay, Lord, if it's really for your glory, then however it plays out, is, is, is that's, that's it. That's what you need. That's what you yeah. day, and I'm good with that. And be honest with yourself, man. Uh-huh. Like, look at yourself. Don't deceive yourself into thinking you're something you're not. Mm-hmm. If you got it, work at your craft. Work hard. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Make Do it the best that you can. Just be honest with yourself. That's, that's something I don't think most people do, like, they struggle with well, that. Well, yeah. Shaq, uh, Shaq suddenly, he's a subliminal. He's talking to me. He's telling me <laughs> I need to be, be honest with myself and hang it up and start rapping. <laughs> be friends, just tell me to my face, man. Talk to me all the <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you you need to organize that bookshelf behind I you. Do, I just, know. That's crazy. <laughs> Let me tell you what I need. A new bookshelf. And I've been, you know what I've been I've been holding out because I wanted the same exact color and our kid does not have it. I uh-huh. told my wife a couple of weeks ago, I'm just getting a black one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 
all those books need to go on a new bookshelf that can go right there. But I've been holding out for the same color. <laughs> they have not had that joint in since I got that like three years ago. I can't believe it. I see it, man. It races. <laughs> yeah. Look on the, the Facebook uh, uh, the, buying, marketplace. the marketplace. Yeah, <laughs> find a good one. That's still on my project. <laughs> yeah, with COVID, I don't know. People might have been coughing all along. I just go with. I just go with. <laughs> I just give one from IKEA and put it together myself. So okay, you know you're right. That bookshelf is it's horrendous. Well, one last question. I think is one of the most important ones, bro. Now you're making me a liar. I said that last okay, question okay. was last question. Okay, well, well, check this out. You're liars! I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Did you get that PS5, Kurt? <laughs> like the PS5. <laughs> we want to know, bro. <laughs> Did you get it? You'll have to hear about what happened on the next oh. part. Of the <laughs> this is the way. Nick <laughs> <laughs> Chan, tell you that one. <laughs> Stay tuned, stay tuned. All right, man. So we, just, we appreciate y'all. Episode on Friday, so oh, you'll hear you on so, Friday. We're dropping one on January first. Mm, nice. You'll hear on that. It'll be a shorter episode because we just go and talk about some stuff and then. Uh, but you'll hear what happened on that episode. Nice. Like I gotta say to the home team and tell there it. You go. It's a story, and it's just yep. like. I got, I got to save it, but but I appreciate you asking, man. <laughs> well, I'm excited for that one. I'll be tuning in. So I we, I, we appreciate you, brothers, uh, taking this time and just chopping it up with us. Um, this is a conversation that's going to be ongoing. You know what I mean? Man, honestly, this conversation could have went on a couple hours if you guys had the time, and and if we had the time, and maybe not even recording because some, I mean, some of the stuff we were doing, uh, yeah, yeah we could have so went, much. we could have went off on there's some so other ends. There's yeah. so much. Give me a whole different perspective on on everything. Always, always, yeah. always. So we appreciate you, brothers, man. Yeah, appreciate you, brothers, coming on. Um, go ahead and 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 peep cross examine podcast. Uh, these brothers drop every Friday. There you go, there you go. And go ahead and, and check out their music. Um, you heard where it's at. Go ahead and check it out. And uh, yeah, we're going to continue this conversation. You know what I mean? Um, it's an ongoing conversation. And we're going to be still talking about who knows what 2021 will bring, what kind of new things are going to come. And it's going to be an ongoing conversation. You know what I mean? So it's never ending. So we appreciate you, brothers, once again. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, this is We From Rasa. We do this to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Grow as we grow. Rato, vatos. Always. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> Be saying real, recognize real. Mask off. When I need it, tell them how I feel. Mask off. Show the scars, let them see the pain. Mask off. No front. Mask off. Through the flame. Mask off. Dice game. Mask recognize off. Recognize real. Mask off. When I need it, tell them how I feel Mask off Show the scars, let them see the pain Mask off No front Mask off Through the flame
lame Mask off, die is game Mask off, yeah they really wanna muzzle you Cause when you speak the word of God It breaks the picture into pieces like a puzzle do Scattered on the floor, shattered like a door Made of glass that you kick with a snare Till the bass drop, face flop Legs gone, lies never stand strong God's right, man's wrong Check with what you stand on If it's crooked then when you jump you gon' land wrong Take a look, it really matters what you land on Political, hypocritical, pitiful, divisible, lyrical, cynical Shaping your metaphysical, it's visible The residues making a mess of you Unethical practices they be using Turn you to a spectacle Unacceptable, put the plug on your receptacle No electrical needed, just read it Exegetical, believe it, this is medical The word do what he said it do Mask off, time to let him see the you king instead real, of you real. Mask off when I need it, tell them how I feel Mask off Show the scars, let them see the pain Mask off No front Mask off Through the flame Mask off Dice game Mask off Recognize real Mask off When I need it, tell them how I feel Mask off Show the scars, let them see the pain Mask off No front Mask off Through the flame Mask off Dice game Mask off Yeah Believe it, it'll leave your face down prostrate The mice make those think that they could pass straight through But no, Peter Prophet's glow from cyanide I rely on him when the liar try Fire by night and the pillar when the light is bright He provides a wife with Ivan to another eye D-O-L, he no fail, bathed in the blood, I'ma see no hell Let another utter whatever let he want better Okay, I'm I'ma see no L, see no jail, need no bail Me so fail, did I pay away or read my day or when your faith is feeling Stay real, away, yo, eyes real Mask off, when I need it, tell him how I feel Mask off, show the scars, let him see the pain Mask off, no front Mask off, through the flame Mask off, die is game Mask off, real Mask off when I need it, tell them how I feel Mask off Show the scars, let them see the pain Mask off No front Mask off Through the flame Mask off The is game Mask off Nice real Mask off When I need it, tell them how I feel Mask off Show the scars, let them see the pain Mask off No front Mask off Through the flame Mask off The is game Mask off Nice real Mask off When I need it, tell them how I feel Mask off Show the scars, let them see the pain Mask off, no front Mask off, through the flame yeah. Mask off, the dice game yeah. Mask yeah. off yeah. Take that mask yeah. off, man yeah. It ain't that serious yeah. And it's more serious yeah. than you think Word up Get that thing off your yeah. face, man Stop playing I'm a 
white evangelical and I'm struggling Caught between the worlds of theology and what loving is Never been a racist but wasn't really comfortable with Certain situations with people calling me racist If blacks on in my circumference I'm done with this I feel like I don't even know how we got here Now everything is racist and honestly it is not clear I understand privilege to some degree But people attacking like I've been secretly laughing At what it's done for me I've come to see hurt I really was overlooking Wasn't intentional but just saying I had a footing is suffering Because I'm white and that you were black And if I don't fully agree it's on me Cause you pushing back with historical facts that are true But frustrating cause I ain't do none of that stuff to you Infuriating I'm trying to see what you say you see But too much has been said I get that you don't believe me uh. difference between ignorance and arrogance and saying that I'm culpable for sin against your skin but if I say I didn't know it though you after me again for like multiple applications my brother you can't think this is biblical applications others see it too I ain't trying to say there's no truth with stuff that you bringing up your experience is your proof and I want to receive that but if I'm honest it's hard to I know I'm blind but there's some hardness in your heart to the scriptures I feel like we might apply differently and it's not because of privilege that I am rejecting CRT we both believe Christ had that D.I.E. and for all all intense purposes we both read the B-I-B-L-E And that's where my struggle is, I hear your description But when I'm checking in the scriptures I never see that prescription It's almost like you sound like you're bitter that I won't give in Because I have concerns about some of your admonitions I'm not trying to argue but I don't see social sciences On par with the gospel, there's just no way I'm buying this Honestly this whole thing was like a sucker punch I'm caught between the ropes like the kids that are playing double dutch We are trying to knuckle up, metaphorically speaking And all think we're right like I slander but doesn't grieve him I judge you don't believe him from the tweets on Twitter, but that was sin. Would you forgive me, brother? I'm just triggered. I'm black and I'm Christian and I've been listening Trying to understand where you coming from like you just came in Wishing things were different but glad that there is some action in Cause half of them don't see the whole picture They talking fractions when they size up what is happening My head been in my arm long before they started dabbing in Hiding certain pains seem better than saying having them For years me and my peers taking it to the chin Setting inside our culture to worship a white man Because we believe it's the gospel Christ is our identity But over time it seemed white culture was more the remedy And not in a sinful way but more affiliations is Black started to feel like it's about assimilation It was subtle at first We were growing, reading theology Doing life together, then the bubble, it burst And it wasn't because of Karl Marx, dude Nobody's buying this And the problem's not the gospel But the way y'all replying that it seemed like The issues you care about that you saying are biblical You just deem right and you made them political But stuff I would bring up pertaining to black people You say, that's not the gospel, but family I don't believe you That's your interpretation But I will still hear you out Till you started making excuses of stuff I'm pointing out you critique the black Black church all the time, but when we said, man, your dudes own slaves, it was like it was a crime. Feel like y'all wanted us in your churches so we could make them diverse But didn't want any crosses we're bringing cause it was hurt Historical pain remains but you made it about yourself Like Doctor Strange before the car accident took his wealth You criticized what we described and said it wasn't true And you minimize and epitomize what many races do It's the same during slavery and Jim Crow You say there's racism and white Christians are saying you ain't no kinfolk Amazing, the great awakening and salvation Individual and vertical and sin in that circle So became another hurdle bro so you can only see the effect Effects of racism done individually 
There's no thought to the trauma of centuries of oppression The signing a few laws and then saying go do your best And our Christianity is more western than what you figure But I sit against you too when slandered cause I was triggered Please forgive me bro This is there's a lot more that we can say, but yeah, man, this man, is definitely. a good beginning point. You know what I'm saying? Thanks Absolutely. for listening, bro. Appreciate yeah. you, fam. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you too. Yeah, let's do this again. Yeah, man. We have to. <laughs>